Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with us Dr. Jerry Rivera DeGenio. He is an inventor and philanthropist who specializes in advanced scalar and plasma energy technologies, quantum morphogenetic field physics, and the larger paradigm of science known as 15-dimensional unified field physics. Dr. Jerry is the inventor of the Rasha technology, and he is also the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Jerry Unfiltered. And today I am hoping that those who have ears for this, let them hear. I'm a huge believer in experience. Y'all know this about me. And I've had some amazing experiences with Dr. Jerry's amazing creation, the Russia. And so I am so excited to have him with us today on Sense of Soul. Hello. How are you, Shanna? I am good. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm blessed and doing amazing. Thank you so much for taking this time. Well, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an honor. I absolutely respect you and your work so much. You know, I've been doing your flame body and shadow healing. I went through the first two modules like Mm -hmm. two or three times because I wanted to listen really good. And I have kids and dogs and all this. So, (laughs) and then they're like, why are you always singing this Maharata song? (laughs) (laughs) I love it, by the way. That's 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 so funny. That's amazing. All of these things were aligning and I was like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. I'm happy and I'm I'm glad that you resonated with it because it could be really heavy for people, right? So some people dig it, some people can't handle that shadow body healing, and but you know, others resonate with it. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uncle Jerry, did you hear about that? No. <laughs> Angela is amazing, by the way. I love her. She is she so is. fun. Yeah. yeah. I could talk to her for hours. But one time I was talking to her and it just flew out of my mouth. Mm. I said, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uncle is fine. That's good. I have no idea where that came from. Perhaps that was a, it's a relationship we have in another probability, right? Yeah. So it was my friend Elizabeth who recommended your podcast. So I would have to listen like a few times, but it was knowledge that I had never heard before, but Mm -hmm. yet it made so much sense. Good. You know, a lot of people, they either resonate with what I share or they don't. There's, There's no in between, right? So for you to even resonate with what I share speaks a lot for who you are and really what's held in your DNA. So kudos to you and who you are. Thank you. So it's finding that in me, making the space to connect with that. And it took a long time to get to where I'm at today. And so, and I just wanted to share just a little bit about myself before we get started. But Mandy and I, we started this podcast because originally we're going through all this stuff and we had physical symptoms and there was, you know, Mandy had, I wish she was here with us because you guys would, you know, share near death experience stories because Mm. I don't have one, but she has some pretty cool stories. Sure, Uh, She's had two 
And there was a synchronicity between father and son that saved her 18 Mm -hmm. years apart. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, really cool story there. And she never was the same afterwards, but our lives have aligned so much. We've been friends since we're 15. Mm -hmm. I started to go through, I guess you would say most people call it like an awakening where I had agreed my religion, grew up Catholic, but I asked myself this question and it really fucked me for years. (laughs) How much of what I believe in have I been told to believe in? And of that, how much have I actually experienced? Bingo. And I was in a spiral. I felt like I had no experience. The only thing I could tell you that I really knew was love. Mm. It was the one thing that was my true experience. Nice. And pain, pain too. So Mandy and I love to hear people's stories because we love to hear the pain to purpose. Mm -hmm. Is that usually is hand in hand. Right, right, right. (laughs) I I always say that if you were to pick a life to come back to, would you really just pick an easy one? Because how would you grow? (laughs) Exactly. For myself, I am a student, I feel. We all are. Yeah, I'm truly a seeker. So I've been studying the Gnostic Gospels for Mm -hmm. probably a good two years now. Okay. And I do teach Reiki. I love Reiki. Mm -hmm. I believe it's a great way to help like the average person Mm -hmm. understand. I mean, I've taught my children, you know, Mm -hmm. to understand their energy body Sure. and that it's a very tangible experience, I believe. Yep. However, I don't put myself in a Reiki box either. Mm -hmm. I've explored all kinds of different energy modalities from cranial sacral therapy to shamanism but I'll be honest with you, everything that I speak on, everything that I believe in is through my experiences. And I really use my discernment. Sure. That's amazing. And like you say, listen to the energy behind my voice. I do. Right? I do. Yeah. Feels good. You suggest to people, like, don't believe me. Like, go out and freaking <laughs> find it out for yourself. Right. I'm not big on the whole, you know, master guru type you know, bullshit. Cause that's all, that's all a lie. You know, it's all about, like you said, eloquently about, you know, really experiencing everything. And it's great that there's beings like you and your partner, friend, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh, are really, you know, seeker because I'm a seeker. Cause once I leave this planet, you know, it, it's all about continued learning, learning about everything. You know, mm-hmm. I'll always be a seeker. And when someone tells you that, they're not a seeker or they know everything. I'm like, I'm gone. I do want to first start out just by asking you how mm. you even got to where you are today. I know that you've had some amazing experiences. And so if you would share that with us. Right. So, I mean, that's a pretty loaded question. Uh, <laughs> like you said earlier, uh, it took me to have to go through a lot of pain, a lot of let's say shit, right? You know, it's not something I would ever wish on people, but, you know, it took me to have to go through certain sexual trauma as a child, then through, you know, drug addiction, every single type of addiction leading into, you know, my adulthood. And then, you know, it got to a point where, you know, my life was just pretty much trying to escape my physical body. So I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I want to get out of here. I felt confined in the physical body. So, you know, I just uh, OD'd. And that moment in space time completely reshifted who I am and my consciousness. 
you can call it a walk in, walk out, right? Uh, got an upgrade. My consciousness got an upgrade of myself, not another entity coming into my body, right? So okay. higher aspects of who I am came in like a software download and, and upload to finish what I originally had <laughs> signed up to do coming okay. and birthing onto this planet, right? So that's what started, uh, you know, I was, you know, fairly you know, stubborn. <laughs> so it, it actually <laughs> took higher aspects of who I am to finish my contract here on this planet. So that's how it all started. I had heard you say something, your podcast about the nurses say that you didn't have any toxins when mm -hmm. you went to the hospital. Yeah. So, you know, I was resuscitated and uh, my friend at the time, he called uh, 911, rushed me to ER in Midtown Manhattan, where I was living at the time. That's where I'm from. And they did blood and urine, you know, toxicology on drugs because they wanted to know what happened. My friend was like, yeah, my buddy and I, we were just on a bender. We were on all this myriad of, of drugs, cocktail of drugs, alcohol, barbiturates, everything. So they wanted to find out what it was that I OD'd on. And, you know, they also did like a sonogram or an echo where they saw like scarring. You know, when you have a heart attack, you flatline, you could, they can tell. So oh. they knew that I did have a heart attack and they ran it twice. And both times there was nothing in my system. So they actually thought the attending ER doctor and nurse, they thought I was a little, you know, cuckoo. <laughs> so they, you know, they called NYPD because it was, it was an overdose and they thought I was like psychotic because there were no drugs and toxins in my system. So, yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Do you remember anything about the other side? As if it had happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, of course, when your consciousness leaves the physical confines of your body and you're still conscious and aware and you're looking at your body, you're just like, oh, Okay. What am I? Who am I? You know, so you start to get these, let's say, expansion of consciousness moments. And I got to experience our true nature. And it's like, you know, anyone, you know, that talks about going down a like a tunnel or white light, you know, that's completely different than what I experienced. Okay. So while they going through their journey and they see their life flashing in front of them, they see a white light that's going into another incarnation. So luckily they didn't go into that white light. However, I didn't see any of that. What I did was I popped out of this probability, this probable self, and I went back to the center of my, let's say, source self, God self, whatever you call it. And from that moment, that's like a review plane where when people transition, that's where they go to review their life. I went there and my higher aspect came in and we did a walk in, walk out. So Wow. Was time weird? There's no time is an illusion. Mm -mm. Right. There's no, no such thing as time really. But did it feel like, like, did you have a sense that you were there for a long time? Like, or did, was it like super quick that you returned back? No, no. It felt like an eternity there, you know, because when your consciousness reintegrates with the field or you can call it God or the divine, you know, everything in your home, right. And that right. space. And there's no time. So it could be one minute. It could be a million years. But when I came back, when I was resuscitated, it was like a jolt, like an electrical jolt. Where I was like back into the body. But the consciousness that came back, it's not the same consciousness that experienced the sexual trauma 
and all the other addictions, right? So it was a upgrade. Did you hear anything? I've heard a lot of near-death experiences. You know, we've interviewed a lot of people, Mm -hmm. Evan Alexander. We just had this girl and she had six freaking NDEs. I'm like, holy shit. But a lot of them have heard things, you know, whether it's some sort of music or sound. When you hear things, you're still in, let's say, one of the dimensions. However, when you reintegrate with the unified field, there mm-hmm. is no light and there is no sound. It's just a direct experiential knowledge. It's an instantaneous knowing. When you hear things, that means you're still in the realms of, let's just say, in between the third and fourth dimension, right? So you have one, two, three, then a void, and then four, five, six. However, when you get to really integrate with the unified field of consciousness, there's no light and there's no sound. It's just a direct knowing. It's like an instantaneous tuning into the information of the cosmos. So anything that you want to know or, you know, that you've always, you know, reflected upon, like, oh, you know, what, what, how is the universe created or what is the Big Bang? All of that is instantaneous. Where did I come from? prior to birthing into my mother's womb. These are the questions <laughs> that you instantaneously know. There's no sound. There's no angel talking to you. There's no guru saying, this is your contract. No, it's like you go to the field and it's instantaneous accretion of knowledge. And mm. that's what I came back with. Well, if I ever die, that's going to be the first thing I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, skip the trumpets. Let's go to the knowledge. Right. No, you know, and that's really, I think what most people that are seeking are asking those questions. Like you just said, who are we? What are we here for? You know, where are we from? And speaking of what we are here for, let's talk about the Russia. I started doing a Rasha early 2022, maybe even end of 21. And I no longer have any COVID long haul symptoms. Mm-hmm. I have more energy than I ever have. Yeah. I feel like I've actually gotten younger. <laughs> you have. <laughs> you know, I've actually told people that I feel like I've had another awakening mm. and my dreams are freaking off the chart. Mm. Right. So, I mean, the Rasha simply is a communication device, all right? And Rasha means dark matter body in the ancient Anuhazi language, which is one of the first spoken and written languages in this time matrix. And the nearest language to that is the Native American tribe, the Anasazi, that lived in the four corner regions of North America. So when I had that death experience and I came back and the ER couldn't find any toxins, I reflected because, you know, I found that very fascinating. And at that time I was new, right? The consciousness speaking to you is like 23 years old on this planet. I pondered and I reflected, you know, well, okay, this is what happened to the toxins. Higher oscillating frequency. When it comes into contact with higher vibrational, denser frequency, the higher oscillating frequency will always transmute the denser, higher vibratory state of frequency. And that's just one of the laws of quantum morphogenetic physics. Okay. And this is not physics that you're going to learn in, you know, in school or Western educational systems. We're talking about first creation physics, the physics and the science that it took for, let's say, 
the divine God source to create the cosmos. So the Rasha simply communicates to the DNA. Now, Nikola Tesla was or is known as, let's say, the grandfather, I don't call it the father, but the grandsire of scalar energy because Nikola was the one that he presented, hey, there is another type of energy here. And he proposed this to Heinrich Hertz, right? Uh, with the Hertzian frequencies, which are damaging frequencies to the cell, let's say detrimental to the physical cell, Hertz waves. Nikola was like, hey, there's this natural energy waves called scalar energy. And he knew, he knew that scalar energy was and is the primordial substance of the cosmos. Think about if you believe God created the universe, did you ever wonder what God utilized to create the universe? Do you think God just was like, and the, the universe created? Oh, good yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. It works with mathematics, physics, and a primal substance to create, you know, manifest creation. So the Rasha simply communicates to our DNA, okay, using scalar energy. So the language of our DNA is scalar energy. It's not biophotonic. It's not sound. It's not light. It's scalar energy, which is the potential for both. So light and sound, electric and magnetic they are birthed, they originate, they come from scalar energy. Okay. So is this the energy that kind of makes us work? It's the energy in between the cells that's making them alive. Well, yes. In a, in a nutshell, yes, because scalar energy holds information, right? And scalar energy then downsteps to what we call morphogenetic fields, which surrounds every cell, which surrounds every organ, our physical bodies, whether you're an insect, plant, animal, what a rock, a planet, a star system has the scalar morphogenetic field around it. It's not the same energy as it is to turn on a light bulb. The light that we utilize to see, that's finite light. There are two different types of light. There's, there's, there is finite light, which humanity uses right because we need power to create the light there's eternal living light which is perpetual light which means there is no beginning and end first your listeners should understand there's two types of light scalar energy births the eternal living light and the eternal living sound or infrasound where from that point, then, you know, the finite life comes from because of certain distortions, et cetera, et cetera. But everything, light and sound, electric and magnetic, come from scalar energy. The Wi-Fi and the 5G and all of this, this is toxic to us, but yet yep. scalar energy is healing and is divine. Yep. The hurtful and the harmful EMF those are distortions, right? Those are specific distortions of electromagnetic frequencies that are caused by certain, let's say, finite life technologies that literally created the electromagnetic distortions in our planetary field. Like most people don't understand that our planet is not right side up. We're, on, we're actually flipped upside down on the north-south axis and tilted 23.5 degrees 
No one ever thinks about that. NASA does. The European Space Station understands that our magnetic north is actually cosmic south. Does that make sense? So this is, is a distortion on our planetary level that also is responsible for the electromagnetic frequencies, the harmful ones on the planet, right? As well as the harmful technologies that, you know, let's say private industrial military complex has that are using to manipulate the weather, mind uh -huh. control, et cetera, et cetera. So scalar energy is the primordial substance of the cosmos. However, you know, there are applications where you can take forms of scalar energy and use it for, let's say, not so good purposes. And CERN is actually studying that. I mean, they've been very open about that. Like that's their study right now is in scalar energy. Is it not? They don't say scalar energy. I think they say dark matter. Yeah, CERN is 1000% black hole technology. It's called blank slate technologies. They're working with particle accelerators causing artificial black holes, okay? So they're not creating scalar energy. They're creating many black holes tears in the fabric of the morphogenetic field so you know i mean uh, yeah i mean i watched the solar flares so that's been a yeah. big thing that's come up for me i have one i have a client in um, norway sending me pictures of the most amazing aurora borealis that i've ever mm -hmm. seen in my life and i'm like is that normal i don't know and then you do hear all these mixed things but it seems a little scary what's happening i definitely see that we need to be aware of something. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we can't really live in fear. I mean, look, the bottom line is I'm the type just like you that wants to know everything. I want to I want to know everything. I want to research everything. I want to discern everything. And I want to know the truth, right? And there are things out there that would scare the living shit out of most people. They won't, they don't have the, let's say, spiritual maturity or conscious maturity to want to know everything. But I am that type that's like, I, you know, I want to know everything. So, you know, from weather manipulation to, you know, aluminum spraying and all that, that's all part to keep humanity's consciousness phase lock. But when you have something like that, there is always the antidote to that. And the antidote to all of that, you know, whether it's mind control, weather manipulation, et cetera, et cetera, is consciousness. And the moment that you reset your consciousness, meaning you're no longer having that linear three-dimensional perspective, you are thinking more than just, I am a mortal finite life being that's going to die. Uh-uh. You know yourself as a multidimensional eternal life being, right? That has a multidimensional perspective. Most people, including scientists, they have this linear Darwinian perspective oh if i can't see it that means it doesn't exist good luck when you die pal because you're gonna be like whoa your inner vision is gonna be turned on you're gonna be like wow that nutcase dr jerry was right you know because a lot of scientists i meet they're like well you know well we can't see energy that's not my problem you don't have your higher sensory perception turned on well i can't hear anything i only go with formulas and well that's your problem buddy not mine yeah, the whole five cents thing is such bullshit. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. It seems like a lot of these finite systems, which you talk a lot about, mm -hmm. those things are designed to keep us small, to keep us from being able to reach and understand these things. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad case. And for thousands of years, it's been like this. Only now 
certain beings on the planet are not just awakening, they're remembering. Oh, wow. There's like a whole cosmic history that we haven't even been taught. Oh, there's actually a base 12 mathematics that the ancients used. Why were we only taught finite life base 10? Oh, you know, like things like that. People are starting to remember. I have found much of the stuff is found in the ancient mystery school teachings and even further back into the natives and the indigenous people all knew these things. It's all there. Like the freedom teachings, wisdom teachings, and all these things have very similar beliefs as the ancient mystery schools. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether you call it, you know, freedom teachings, eternal life teachings, the Gnostic teachings, which I also did study and discern and deep dives. Okay. I mean, why is it like all of the other gospels were left out? Right. And, and what happened to Mary's gospel and uh, John the Baptist and all those other guys, why was it just certain amount of apostles, their gospels put in the Bible? Then you find out there's all these other, you know, Gnostic gospels out there. Right. So they all have the same message, right? But certain, certain, let's just say, organizational Mm -hmm. factions want to control humanity. That's the best way to do it, is to create their own, let's say, narrative. And no one did it better than the Council of Nicaea. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I went down that road. And actually, what was interesting is as I was going down that road separately from taking your course and learning about all the things that you teach, I was starting to find they aligned. I mean, for the strangest places, like I was studying, I wanted to know why Solomon was so obsessed with Sophia, why Sophia, this wisdom was such a big deal. Then I start studying about David and his liar. And how he would play it for King Saul and it would create a bubble of protection around him. And I'm like, what was this liar? I start studying the liar and taking your class. You're talking about Lyra. I'm like, liar. That's where the word comes from is Lyra. And there's even stories of the Lyra Boar. And also there's stories of Hermes and Zeus and all these things. And I'm like, they've known about this healing frequency. We're talking, if you want to know about it, it's in the Bible. It's right there in front of your face. This was part of what he gave to Solomon, which you would think maybe have been part of Solomon's power as well. No, I mean, you, you got it. Like the ancients knew about sound frequencies. I mean, think about just how, for example, the... Egyptian pyramids and other, you know, ancient structures were built. Do you think that really a thousand men could move a hundred ton block? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, well, good on you to to start to, you know, link everything together. So it's amazing that you can even do that. But it was all about the energy. It was all about frequency. And I was like, I think that is what everyone's been after. They've been after the knowledge and the wisdom to utilize the energy and the frequency. Then they had to hide it. That's what I think. I think they had to go underground with it because I think it's not for everybody to know. Can you imagine if, well, look, it's a shame that humanity doesn't have the let's say conscious maturity to handle information like this but i mean it should be you know a gift that everyone should know about however 
just look at the state of humanity now and you know have certain collectives or certain parts of humanity that just are asleep they just you know they're the type that really do what they're told and then you have the other ones that really want to remember and know the truth right so we're very few and far between but you know th there's a possibility of you know humanity at least raising their their oscillation rate of their consciousness you know to help the planet at some point but you know what we can only worry about what we're doing right you know i'm very self-sovereign and i was taught that way and everyone's responsible for tending their own garden so you know yeah. be that be that experience experiential knowledge for people right you know share your knowledge let them experience their own thing and you know everything will be good <laughs> so you mentioned how the russia it's named after the anahazi and you kind of mentioned that it was connected to a root race can you talk about that mm -hmm. anuhazi a-n-u-h-a-z-i is actually one of three founders race knowledge languages right so it far precedes let's say aramaic or sanskrit or other languages right so there are three original let's say founders races on let's say this side or this spin of the universe right okay. so that language comes from one of those three founder races and then there's another three on the other magnetic side so we live in an electrical particle universe right the spin of particles here are is electrical and you have a magnetic spin so there's actually six original <laughs> languages three on each side but anahazi is one of them and the like i said earlier the Anasazi, the Native Americans, were the closest in terms of speaking that language. They were known as the, you know, star people, right? Right. Okay. Now, where's the Anunnaki fit in there? That is on a whole other end of that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the Anunnaki. I mean, it's people like, talk about them the most. Sure. That's the narrative, right? That. Okay. Everyone, including ancient aliens that show on History Channel, that they, they're, all they, they're all about the Anunnaki. And, mm -hmm. you know, let's put it this way. Let's be honest. That whole production team and, and researchers of the ancient alien theorists, mm -hmm. they're all little foot soldiers of the Anunnaki, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Okay. <laughs> the Anunnaki, they are, let's just say, they were created to actually oppose and take out the original eternal human blueprint or race. You have, let's say, a, a base 12 DNA race, you know, 12 strand DNA, 24, okay. 48 strand. I'm talking beings that we could have called superhuman, like superhuman abilities. The Anunnaki were created to actually avenge them in order to go against them so the anunnaki there are many many race lines or lineage of anunnaki so you have aquatic apes you have bipedal dolphins you have the giants so they're they're all part of the anunnaki race now not all anunnaki are bad because that's like saying uh all filipinos are bad there's wow. always good in one in one race always you have some good and you know some bad right that's just how it is the Anunnaki, they, for whatever reason, were designed and created to go against and oppose 
this base 12 strand race. So they're all coming from different galactic star systems. Correct. And it's mm -hmm. interesting that a lot of the ancient tribes, the Aborigines, the Native Americans, all of the pre-ancient civilizations, they all knew Pallades as the cradle of civilization. Mm -hmm. That is where a lot of the hominid races came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it really, you know, there's a reason why natives uh, always looked up to the stars, whether it's Sirius yeah. B, whether it's the Pleiades, whether it's, you know, whatever, they're always looking to the stars. Do you think, cause they had nothing better to do? Really always focused on that little belt, right? You know, you know the Orion's belt, which is so interesting. Like out of all the stars you want to look at, why are they always found in there? Because, you know, a lot of the civilizations were given the knowledge. Oh, yeah. Guess what? You know, yeah. humans and humanids actually were birthed from this star system. I mean, it, it Let's sounds build like our pyramids around it, too. Right. So, you know, I mean, it sounds like sci-fi, but you know that, right. you know, everything, you know, myth. Oh, there's a lot of truth in myth. Oh, sci-fi. There's a lot of truth in sci-fi and all of these, you know, everything that's out there. You know, people say, oh, you know, I don't have time to watch movies. I don't have time to watch TV. Fine. However, you want to know what's really going on outside of this planet and start watching whatever you resonate with. You resonate with this movie. You resonate with this. Yeah. You'll be drawn to certain films, certain series that hold certain truths. You know yeah. what I mean? Consciousness can transfer from one form to another. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a movie called Transcendence with Johnny Depp that actually talked way back when about downloading the consciousness and putting it in the computer. Yeah. Well, they're talking about that in, in actual other sci-fi series about downloading the content because it was it's already been done cloning humans has already been accomplished decades ago time travel yeah. quantum access technology done 60s and the 70s done i mean and the thing is people think this is sci-fi you know right but it's all real and I found out, you know, I have a great shaman who I studied through my ancestry, mm. learning about Abenaki. I wanted to learn what they believe, what do they experience and all that. And then we had someone on from the Mayan project, mm. same, they're all talking about the stars, right? right. It's, it's all this connection. And it's always usually they're talking about some sort of chanting and some sort of frequency. Mm. They knew that that was a healing thing they've always known. What I want to talk about is the base 12, because what's so amazing is that they knew this. And then somehow you received this through download when you had gone through your NDE experience. Yeah. You figured out, wait a second. It's kind of like I just said, we only use five senses. Why are we only, you know, using so many parts of our DNA? Yeah, no, I mean, I when I had my death experience and I came back with this knowledge, it took many years for me to access that data, meaning it was too high oscillating, right? Okay. So it took many, many years for my DNA to prepare because it's all about preparing your DNA to actually receive this higher frequency. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll spontaneously combust. You ever wonder okay. how people just blow up? You think they just blow up because there's gases in them? No. Right. They, they, their their physical cells cannot hold higher oscillating frequencies. So let's get back to the information. 
I came back with a data package that took years until I was exposed to a certain group that taught and actually shared scalar energy techniques, mm -hmm. okay, that I utilized to say, uh-huh, wow, okay, this is all real, base 12 scalar energy. So that was the actual, the release, right, in 2006, 2007. And from there, right, I just evolved to say, okay, if the ancients knew about base 12, right, they knew about the number 12, how can I apply it to technology that can actually help humans, right? Mm. And that's how the Russia was birthed. I wasn't sure if the Russia was going to work. When I put the technologies together, I had to reverse engineer the research. So then I, I found out, oh, Nikola Tesla, he knew it. Mm. Antoine Priori, an Italian engineer in the 60s, 70s. Wow, he knew it. And then later, Royal Rife knew it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I went even back further, you know, past uh, Tesla to figure out mm, what are these ancient cultures new? And they're all about base 12. Now, it's not just base 12 mathematics. That's what people, science say. Oh, how do you apply base 12 mathematics to the Rosh? It's not about mathematics, it's about a base 12 eternal code algorithm. Okay. Mm -hmm what has to do with an energy encryption of the 12. The 12 is very, very important, right? Anyone that tells you, oh, the key to the universe is 369. That's what Tesla said. No, he didn't. Right. No, he did not. He said that the key to the universe was 12, 369, 12. But if you want to control humanity and not give them everything, you just take out that key number. Boom. Wow. People are like, oh, yeah, Tesla said the key to the universe was 369. And Marco Rodin is like teaching, you know, 369 vortex-based mathematics. That's finite life, man. So so I just figured I stuck to being authentic about original base 12 code. And that's all I did. And I put that into the Rasha as well as our new Rasha dome, which fits Shut two people. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know about the dome. The dome I created insulated. So it's got seven layers of aluminum inside it. So it's a literal Faraday dome. So it harnesses the scalar energy inside, makes it much more powerful and it protects it. The experiencers from let's say 5G, yeah. 6G, 7G, you know, uh, electrosmog, geopathic stress, cosmic radiation. So it, it actually is a dome that actually allows the experiencers to actually come online quicker, right? So we're testing it out with high-performance athletes now, right? So I'm actually flying out to a few football clubs in the UK next month or this month, really. And I'm unleashing, I'm, I'm unveiling the Rasha Dome to sports clubs that are dealing with high-performance athletes that have mental health issues, okay? Yeah, Wow. I know that as powerful as it is just for me being remote, I can't imagine being within the stone. I mean, it's just got to be so very powerful. I mean, yeah. they must be like levitating in there. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. Uh, that would be the goal at some point is to do something like that. 
holy crap. Well, I mean, I believe that it's only our belief that we can't, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey listeners, have you checked out intentionwave.com where you can transform the sound of your voice into a meaningful jewelry piece? When you visit their online store, you can record a voice directly on their website and transform it into a unique sound wave frequency pattern and engrave it on the jewelry piece of your choice. You will also receive a unique QR code that you can scan whenever you want to listen to your special recorded sound message. This is a perfect gift for Christmas for your loved one. So get online right now and order your special piece. Go to intentionwave.com. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-W-A-V-E.com to order your special and unique gift that will last forever. I think that this is where science and spirituality begin to unify. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. because I'm not like, oh, you have to prove it to me because I I believe many things that mm. are not provable. I mean, and you just have to be able to experience and understand that that is your truth, right? Mm. Look, you said it great because spirituality and science should never have been separated. Okay. Never. It's, it's yeah. really, really what the law of one really is, right? It has to do with, you know, what is love, really? What is the frequency? What is the energy of love, right? And within that, you have high science, physics, integrated with consciousness, okay? They should have never, yeah. but, you know, they were just split in two, right? So when you come back to that notion, when you come back to that reality, that consciousness or spirituality and science are intertwined then you can start remembering wow you know there is a grand mechanics and first creation design to all this and then you start to reflect upon your place in the cosmos right we know where you are on the, on the earth and the earth and the solar system and the galaxy and then they make these amazing videos if you ever seen it where you start on earth and it kind of pulls out yeah you know? yeah and then yeah. You, you you go through the solar system and you go through the galaxy yeah. things like that you start to remember wow there is a science and physics and math to it you don't have to be good at math no yeah, it's I not see. about equations it's <laughs> right. about energy if you're not good with math and equations, you don't understand what's this base 10 or base 12, just start to look at numbers as spheres of energy and see, for example, you just take one plus one equals two. You take those numbers, replace them with spheres of energy, and just take a look at what the energies are doing. One has to actually devour one in order to birth two. That seems like a vampire consumption system. It is like the Fibonacci or the Fibonacci sequence. However, let's let's replace addition with multiplication. Let's do one times two equals two. Replace them as spheres. What happens? One times two. There's an exponentiation of energy without any loss of energy. So there's a self-regeneration of energy. Boom, right there. And well. that's the difference. That's the difference between the mathematics and the base 12 
source spiral sequence that we use in the in mm-hmm. the Russia versus everyone that's using Fibonacci, uh, phi ratio, golden mean, all of these finite death mm-hmm. science mathematics. So, yeah. One of the things that I really want to ask you about mm-hmm. is channeling. Because I mean, a lot of people that listen to this podcast and that we've had on our podcast, and even people have assumed that I have done that, which I have never really claimed to, but I definitely experience a lot of dreams that are premonition. I have a lot of synchronicity in my life that I lean into and I feel and I follow. And I also am a very visual person and see like flashes of scenes before my eyes of memories or of maybe even my higher self or, mm-hmm. you know, um, of something. So downloads channeling, can you, can you clear that up? Sure. Everything that you described is not channeling. Everything that you described is downloads. Okay. Now let's first define what channeling is mm-hmm. in my realm. Channeling is when you allow an entity other than yourself. Okay into your physical body yes a biological possession okay where you know hey look i i I really you want to channel have at it okay but just understand you are allowing an entity whether it's benign or malicious you don't know that are you all of your higher sensory perceptions turned on that you know first of all any type of let's say consciousness entity that is for humanity or for good would never break the law. And there is a cosmic law of free will choice. They would never come into a, another physical body. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether invited or not, that's just not done. Okay. And when you allow an entity into your body, your voice changes. Right. And we all know, you, you know, right now is the information they're bringing in true. I don't know. Can you discern through the 75% distortion and 25% truth? Can you? Because if you can, great. But what people don't understand is what happens to your DNA when you allow channeling to take place. Okay. Your DNA is tuned to your consciousness. Are you with me? So when you allow an entity of not of your own, okay, so it's not part of your higher self. This is something completely different. You don't know where it's from into your physical body. What do you think happens to your DNA? It compacts. It just is not tuned to that frequency. So what happens? That frequency, as foreign as it is, disrupts your DNA, causing compaction. Now, Hey, if you want to take that risk, have at it. Okay. Cause I know there's a lot of channelers out there that don't care because they have already, let's say their whole persona, they're so tied in, right? Their whole existence is that channeling. Fine. Have at it. However, there's a thing called quantum morphogenetic transmission or downloads, which is like you go on your email. I got a thousand emails. I'm going to open this email and it's just like a download onto your computer, right? It's like a file. It's data. It's electromagnetic scalar energy data. It's all right. it is. Information, memory. Bingo. Okay. I'm not this. Now I'm going to tell you about. I am cryon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what? I don't care yeah. what right. they do, right? right? The bottom line is, 
people need to understand channeling is very dangerous, very dangerous, not just for your consciousness and your DNA, but what happens if that entity doesn't want to let go? Oh, then you got a possession, you got a timeshare, and you're screwed. And those that defend channeling are the ones that are so like tied in like their whole existence that it's all about you know acknowledging and like i i need to feel you know i'm doing something with my life so i'm gonna let another entity in so i can share this information that no one else has okay if that's right. what you want to do why not just tune into the information that's available for everyone this information that i'm sharing the base 12 i didn't create the base 12 information I didn't create the flame bodies that came from source that that's cosmic information. All you need to do is tune into it. Just like a radio station. Yeah. Okay. I want to know about this today. And that's it. Through this journey has been really, truly by my experiences. I've not been able to resonate with everybody I've heard. It's about that discernment. Look, I just want to validate everything that I'm either exposed to, or I know, okay. E yeah. Even in direct transmissions, when I get direct downloads, mm -hmm. I double, triple, quadruple check that information. Meaning does it yes. feel right? right? Does it feel incongruency? Right. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'm with you. Trust me. And I, I, I am probably your uncle in <laughs> another probability. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I get it. It's very refreshing, first of all, that I come across someone like yourself that already has that level of DNA activation, meaning your your higher strands have already come online. And it's just like, wow, it's really refreshing to talk. And you notice that it took me a while to start opening up because I am not the type that will ever 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 start sharing what i know like oh no you gotta try the raw show you gotta do base 12 you gotta know base 12 everything's finite i just sit and i just i allow things to unfold right but in yeah. the end in the end it really is about reclaiming the lost knowledge mm. that we weren't given that's right? my message yes so I think that's what we are here for. I think that that is why I've received this. I've asked myself, why am I learning this stuff? Some of this stuff is like ridiculous. Now, what am I going to do with it? I'm like, what am I going to do with all this information? Really cool. And then I'm like, why? Because I have to share this because it's been hidden for so long. They've been kept small and it's time for us to reclaim it because other people I feel have also discovered this and are using it to their benefit for power and control of this world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I'm right or not. This is just like what I, you know, discovered on my own, like right. I said. And so when I find someone as well, sometimes I'll hear things you say and I'm like, I can't believe you just validated that for me. Like I've heard you talk a lot about the difference between incension and ascension. You know, th that's a heavy, heavy weight topic right there because most false new age people and collectives still think that ascension is still viable, but it is not. It is not. And there is so much math and physics behind why that is, wow. right? That we'd be here till tomorrow, okay? <laughs> However, hopefully, you know, we can have another conversation about that, but really incension is going 
inside oneself, right, in order to, let's say, expand one's consciousness rather than ascension, which is going outside yourself, right, mm-hmm. to expand your consciousness. And that's what the Rasha helps you do. It doesn't help you ascend. It helps you actually go within your own, your own DNA, your own consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't, I can't literally tell you how much energy I feel after mm-hmm. a Rasha session. I mean, you would think, cause here I am relaxing <laughs> and then I'm done. Well, at first of all, I must say my new puppy, which is not a puppy. I mean, she's the biggest puppy in the world. <laughs> oh, I got to see it. I got a puppy she's too. A ginor- she's actually <laughs> right here by me. She's a labradoodle, but she's freaking ginormous. She loves the Rasha. So I, I picked up on this over time. I, like the first time I thought it was a fluke that she just wanted to lay on my head. Mm. And the second time happened the third. And I was like, wait, holy shit. She's feeling this. Like yeah, yeah. she's hearing it. She's sensing it. And I, I found that to just be amazing. So animals, but you talk about that plants, animals, of course, we're all energy. Everything's energy. So of course, everything is going to benefit from these frequencies. No, absolutely. You know, because the frequencies are scalar energy and really see most people, they, they get confused and like, Oh, you know, it's too hard to understand. You want to know an example of what scalar energy is your thoughts. your thoughts are examples of scalar energy because in between our ears we have a brain when those hemispheres of the brain hemisync or they harmonize our body drops into what we call parasympathetic that resting self-healing mode but more importantly when the brain harmonizes it becomes the most powerful scalar energy receiver yeah and transmitter both telepathy you know direct cognition higher sensory that's all stemming from our ability to actually drop into that state that we call parasympathetic right yeah so our thoughts are actually scalar energy okay so that's where i feel like in the same space that we're able to connect with those synchronicities. We're able to have the awareness and, and get those downloads and see all, I mean, cause I'm synchronicity is off the chart. Oof. And the thing is, is if it wasn't there, I'd be worried. The fact that you're even talking synchronicity is a out picture or an expression that you truly are embodying the information because synchronicity is what people experience when they're truly tapped into the cosmos. Okay. There's never coincidence in my world. Okay. So this is crazy then. So when I was working on, I have a side podcast about Sophia, Mm -hmm. the journey of it. It's not just about Sophia. It's about me trying to figure out everything, but I did have to go down the secret societies. Okay. That's where it led me. Hmm. I also have JJ Hurtak. I've had him on my podcast. He wrote The Keys of Enoch, which led me to the Piss of Sophia. And that's how I started on that journey. And he too also, you know, shares that combination of spirituality and science. And there was a lot of synchronicity around that time around the dove for me. A few months ago, researching the Jesuits and the Freemasons, I got a warning on my phone and it said, um, suspicious activity. 
um, search activity and it said Freemasons plus Jesuits. And I took a snapshot of it because I was like, what? what is this, right? Not only an hour later, it was nighttime, there was a storm and I opened up my door and a dove dropped dead on my porch right in front of me. And I was like, whoa, and died. I mean, it was intense. If you listen to the beginning of my journey, I had so much synchronicity with the dove. Yeah. And I had thought about, so I, I kind of got freaked out. So I didn't decide to research the Jesuits. It was the Jesuits that got me on that one. I had researched the Freemasons. It was when I put them together. Yeah, so yeah. then I go to um, a week, a week or so later, I'm like, I'm not going to let this stop me. I, I have some things I want to know. And so I said, well, what's interesting, I remember the return of the dove page um, in the Keys of Enoch. It's the dove on top of the map of the world. So I look up Return of the Dove. Have you ever heard of the book by Margaret Storm, Return of the Dove? I, I have not. Oh, okay. She yeah. wrote this book, Margaret Storm, about Nikola Tesla in 1950 oh, called really? Return of the Dove. Nikola Tesla had this love for this dove. He mm. spent thousands of dollars on her. And he, when she died, he literally told people who did biographies. He said, I loved that dove like a man loves a woman. Wow. Yeah. Which he was, you know, a very introverted person, you know, yeah. kind of a hermit himself. Yeah. So I decided to order the book. It's a Xerox copy of a book, by the way, mm. because all of the books were bought off the shelf mm. and no one knows where Margaret Storm went. She went ghost. Mm. And I'm a pretty good investigator because I do a lot of ancestry work. Can't find her. Not only did she go ghost, but if you look her up, the only place you will find her is in FBI files of mm. Nikola Tesla. Interesting. So she wanted to follow up this book. This her last sentence in the book. There will be a second volume called "The Flame of the Dove." Mm. The whole beginning of this book is just like the Initiate's Flame by Manly P. Hall, which is very similar to many of the things mm -hmm. in the Flame Body course. Mm -hmm. So all of it's meshing together. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why am I reading a book about Nikola Tesla? And it's all about ancient practices. Then it talks about the dove. And I'm, I'm like, this is synchronicity, right? Yeah, I'm like, it's all merging together. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm reading this book or learning these things. <laughs> and that's just the thing. I wasn't searching for any of it, right? I mean, right. a dead dove, you know, led to this. All the things that I was going through with that and your course all mm -hmm. led me to having this conversation with you. And I just, I wish that I could understand like all of it. And I feel like the more space I make and the more oh. I do the Rasha and my frequency begins to rise, my DNA begins to be more activated. I'm going to know what it is. It's about trust, right? Trust your process. Trust everything that you're experiencing is what it's supposed yeah. to happen. And that's all you can really do, right? Yeah. So. And I feel like, I think it's like what you said earlier. And I've said this before, I say it all the time. I think that if all of it came at once, my fucking head would blow off my body. <laughs> True. It will probably would, right? That's you know, I don't done. want to have to go through a near-death experience, Dr. Jerry. I no, really no. would rather. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to, really. You, you don't have to go through that. You and, can, you know, I mean, just doing your courses, your Rasha, I feel like I've grown so much. There's no way that I could keep it to myself. I don't believe in that. I believe yeah. that if I learn something that is beneficial in my journey that what I mean what is my podcast for this is what you know it's for for me to share those things and I can't believe how you know generously you share well because it really belongs to the cosmos and doesn't belong this information the technology 
the flame bodies, it doesn't belong to anybody except the cosmos or source. Okay. So I give back, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, the yeah. little I can do, why not? It's all service to humanity. So your teachings on your podcast and filtered podcast is like ridiculous. I mean, that information is gold. Anyway, I mean, it's like going to school. <laughs> it's so good. Look, it, it, it's not for everyone. Right. And I say this, you know what, look, if you don't, if I don't, if you don't resonate with it, don't yeah. listen to me. That's <laughs> as simple right? as that, you know, yeah. but if you find if you, if you do resonate with anything, take what you need or want, throw out the rest. I won't take it personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mo most of what you have that you do put out there is based on experiences, based on your own experiences that you had mm -hmm. with you know, energy, your death experience. And also through the group, we were talking about you're my group. You said that you found a group that put it all together for you, right? Mm. I felt like you were my group. You're the group that I are. found. So through the group, which is connected to a woman named Ashiana Dean originally. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And I had done some research on her. Um, is she still around? Physical body? I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I, oh, okay. you know, uh, all I can tell you in 2011, she, she got hijacked okay. completely biologically possessed on a trip that we were on in India. So, wow. so you were there. So as much as somebody can come into, well, not somebody, let's not say somebody, as much as you can create this space, whether it's near through near death experience or where, whether you do this through work on yourself and create space where mm -hmm. your higher consciousness or your higher self or avatar um, over self can come in into your physical body and begin to take over in a, in a positive way. It can happen the opposite. Sure. Especially if you're drinking a bottle of white Zinfandel a night and you're an alcoholic, yeah. right? Yeah doesn't matter and unfortunately that's the downfall when someone you know thinks that they are untouchable unfortunately and i speak from 1000 percent experience there's a lot of people out there that think they know <laughs> but they've never experienced any of what i'm talking about in terms of the work ashiana and the freedom teachings and what it's distorted now, what it what it's morphed into now, those teachings are complete. It's a disinformation campaign, really. It's sad because, you know, I was there. It's not like you're 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 and talking you were to close to her as well, right? That, you're talking to we were brother and sister the Jeshua times, all right? Full on memory, full memory of who we are to each That's other. So, you know, when you watch someone that you care about get taken out like that, and they're completely a whole nother being, you know, and it's not like I didn't know that was a possibility. She knew that was a possibility, but uh, and that's what happened. So what can we do? Um, I was thinking about that. I know that the Rasha has me protected when I am showing up every Saturday mm -hmm. for those sessions. I can feel strongly. I feel very peaceful. And I've explained to many of my friends and also our listeners that I feel in a very neutral ground where I'm at. It's very nice too. And I feel yeah. very protected. 
it's, it's because it's already inside you. You have that potentiality. The Rasha doesn't do that for you. It just okay. amplifies yes. what's already there. Okay? okay. Like activated it. Like help me connect with it. Correct. Correct. Okay. You know, likewise, you know, we're very mindful about where the Rasha ends up in terms of the owners, right? We're very, oh, we have I a very that. stringent, very, you know. So no one can get but, on and order a Russia right no, now. No, you can't. It's not even available <laughs> to the public. I hate to break the news there, everyone. You can't that. buy it. That just, that says so much. <laughs> that when I heard that, Dr. Jerry, I was like, oh my God, I, I like loved you 10 times more than I thought I ever could. Well, hopefully 12 that's times more. So <laughs> 12, yes, 12 times, because that's just so authentic to me. You are not to be, you're not, you're not going to let nobody just buy you. No, it's no, not I'm to be just... sold like that. So yeah. tell me about that. How does one find a Rasha? Yeah. How does one, if they wanted to purchase it or if they just wanted to um, just try it out? Yeah. Just go on our website and just send in your information. That's it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Then you'll go through uh, a vetting process. We'll do our due diligence on you. <laughs> so yeah, guardians, right? Yeah. So if you're interested in wanting to know more, just go on the website, do your own due diligence, right? And then we'll do our due diligence and we'll see, is there a union between consciousness and, and science, which there is, right? right? And people that come to us, and they're like, oh, I want to buy Russia. I, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. care how much money you have. The first question I'll ask you is, wow. what's your intention? And if I hear, okay, mm -hmm. the energy behind your words, it's all about money, money, money. Yeah. The no. Russia picks its guardian. The Russia picks its owner. It's not the other way around. So. But you do have them all over the world that people can go to. I mean, I have a friend in Jersey, which I know you're originally from Jersey. Your yeah. son, does he run that one? Did I hear yes. that? He does. So cool. He does. My son. Yeah. Taylor. He That's runs awesome. the Biogenesis Center. That's amazing. Jersey. Also, I wanted to ask you about your connection to autism. Does the Rasha work good with kids who are on the spectrum? You know, I have a son who is on the spectrum. He's an adult now. He's 19 years old. Good mm -hmm. Lord. Right, you don't even look like you're 19 yourself. So let's just <laughs> okay. So let's just put it this way, because I don't make any claims. Yeah. However, let's say Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg, who is a big advocate for, you know, uh, finding alternative uh, methods to address autism. Her son Evan, right, mm -hmm. who is no longer perceived as autistic. I mean. What? She has a Russia. <laughs> wow. And I, I and and I can promise you that Jenny did her due diligence. I mean, there yes. there are tons of people. Grace De Niro, the ex-wife of Robert, they've had a Russia for many years. Right. Okay. And Elliot, her son, you know, when I saw him a few years ago, he didn't even seem like he was on the spectrum, you know. So the answer to your question is oh my, my. My connection with autism comes from a very you know, a dear couple uh, friends of mine that ha that had an autistic son. Okay, yeah. Consciousness. It's not the Rasha. Consciousness. When you yeah, add con consciousness and you reset the consciousness, consciousness can shift anything. Consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that you know I hate labels. I do. It's really, he doesn't even know the name because I, we don't sure. use it that much, 
But what's interesting is that Ethan, you know, in all kids who are on the spectrum and also who have other disabilities, I feel like they are such an example to us of who we should be. They don't, they don't give a shit what they're wearing. My son could care less what his hair looks like, you know, he just is so authentic. He's got that little ego and it's like the less ego they have, the more connected to source they are. Yeah. And now it's time for break that shit down. Trust, you know, trust whatever you're experiencing, you know, trust whether it's good or bad, right? It's your experience. No one can ever take that away from you, right? So trust the process and you'll be fine. Well, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. I absolutely adore you. I look forward to every new episode that comes on your podcast. (laughs) And I just appreciate all that you do for humanity. I appreciate what you do. So yeah, I'm your mirror. (laughs) (laughs) tell everybody where they can find your podcast, your websites, what you have going on. Can you please also talk about the Academy, you know, and where they might be able to get information about that? Yeah. So if you're, if you want to know more, if you want to go deeper into the base 12 information, there's the biogenesisacademy.org. And then of course the Russia, you know, the Rasha, A-R-S-H-A.com. It's, you know, that'll have the information uh, on that. And, uh, my podcast, uh, Jerry, J-E-R-E, Unfiltered, on mm-hmm. pretty much all of the platforms. And then even the courses, like I was talking about, Flame Body and Shadow Healing, you're called to do that, you know, look it up, or I'd be well, happy yeah, they to could talk just... to anybody, too, about it, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can talk to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, are I'm you? The worst. I mean, just, it's amazing, you guys. And who knows? I might be checking out this dome, by the way. Where come do you up. find the dome? Yeah, come up to Reno. Our oh, home base is in Reno. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Come up too. And let me thank you for having me on. Thank your listeners for putting up with what we were talking about <laughs> hopefully they dig we it we talk about the craziest shit ever on this podcast <laughs> so and you know what i know that they're seekers just like me cool. and you know our tribe i highly suggest everybody do saturdays with dr jerry it's free i mean and it's priceless actually and also i would love to sing maharata with you okay i'm, I'm yes. game if you're game all right okay Maharata Kumbhavakta Um shadai ure yakuntan, akuntan. Um shadai ure yakuntan, akuntan. Um shadai ure yakuntan. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.